Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Raise the tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage like we're doing today, all the way to discussions as to who should be in or out when it comes to the Hall of Fame. We always talk about some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz podcast, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and an NFL analysis too. And last week, I actually talked about the current running back landscape in the NFL with special guest Izzy Elkafas. And that was a fun show, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to this week's episode because my special guest and I get to build the 2021 NFL Draft Rookie Big Board 2.0. If you've been listening to the show for very long, you may remember that we did an, this exercise back in September, you know, back when less than 50 college teams had even, had even played a game. Uh, but a lot has happened since then, so it's time yet again to draft the first two rounds of 2021 Rookie Drafts. So that's 24 picks, all of which we're hoping will be contributing on our fantasy football teams next year. And I'm joined again by special guests, fellow college and Debbie team contributors at Rotoviz and hosts of the Rotoviz Radio College Football Podcast, Stefan Leco at Stefan Leco on Twitter and Matt Wispay at Wispy the Kid on Twitter. Stefan, first off, have you have you recovered after the Oregon State uh you know victory over your cherished Oregon Ducks? I don't know what you're talking about. I turned <laughs> off the game with about a minute left and we were still winning. So I feel great about things. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's how sports works. In fact, there was there was a there was a 7A high school football game this week. I think Auburn High School was up by like nine points with 28 seconds to go or something like that. They were punting, had the punt blocked. The team ran it back for the score, got the onside, and won with a field goal after two defensive pass interference calls. So anything could happen in the final. <laughs> That's gross. I know it was terrible, t- terrible stuff. But it's it's I'm I'm pretty sure it's made the national round just because of how ridiculous it was. But yeah, so hopefully the the Ducks bounce back and have a good rest of the season and. Uh, a few other players that we might even mention tonight uh, have have good last couple weeks here before we uh, get into the Christmas season. But Matt, you and your Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, are you guys actually going to make the college football playoff or, or no? Yeah, yeah. I, I, Already I mean, in? We, we, talk, we talk about it on the college on our podcast every week that pretty much <laughs> I'm no either way. delusional. <laughs> what? Oh man, I'm either delusional or completely um, above everyone right now. I'm not positive they need to play another game. <laughs> I think the only scenario in which they get left out is the nightmare scenario for them, which is Florida upsetting Bama and Clemson beating Notre Dame in like a really close game. Otherwise, I think Ohio State's in. I think they're in. I think they're going to end up getting two more games in. I think the Big Ten will either allow them to schedule Nebraska if Michigan ends up sitting out or like Michigan will play. So. 
Yeah, that would be weird if Michigan was just like, no, nah, let's just screw over Ohio State. Don't let them have any more games. <laughs> just, I mean, it would be that might be the only way Jim Harbaugh saves his job. I know it's like he, nobody goes, wants to go lose to Ohio State by fifty points. Nobody, nobody wants that. But uh, on them. who knows? Who knows? But yeah, we are not here to talk about Oregon football or Ohio State football necessarily, or how bad. My boilermakers are every single year uh, or anything like that. We are, we're, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's we not. Could, we could spend some time on that. Oh, though. man, we, we might get to with one of the players tonight in this draft. But we're going to draft 24 players, 24 rookies that should be in the NFL next spring that we're excited about. And so if you've been here before or have played in dynasty fo- football leagues or you've played in super flex leagues, you might be familiar with this, but we're drafting these guys for fantasy football purposes. And uh, we're, we're with, with the expectation that we're in a league that has, you know, you have to start to have to start or can start two quarterbacks. So we might see a few quarterbacks more than usual uh, get drafted early. Uh, we'll see how that goes and shakes out at the very top of the board. But Without further ado, we we got a lot of picks to make here. So, Matt, you get the first pick this time. I think I think I may have given it to Stefan last time. I can't even remember. So, I think it's Matt. Matt, your t- it's your turn. So, if you want to shock the world here uh, with your first pick, you are on the clock. This is a really tough decision. You know, I mean, I, every week I just keep going back and forth. Do I take Justin Fields? Do I take Mac Jones? Do I take Justin Fields? <laughs> Do I take uh, Trey Lance? Uh, I'm, I'm taking Justin Fields. I, I, I talk about it all the time. I think you can't actually go wrong between Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I think you are deciding between do you want the Lamar Jackson type or do you want the the Patrick Mahomes? And I think both of them are going to have a ton of value. I actually think that Fields is probably a more developed passer than what actually Lamar Jackson was coming out of school. So I think that he is a very unique type of player and probably Lawrence is going to be the pretty much consensus number one across most drafts because he's going to go number one overall. And everyone's been telling you that he's the next John Elway since he was a freshman in high school, but Justin Fields continues to develop every year. And until this game against Indiana, he really looked super special. So I am taking fields. It's only like 20% Homer pick, but realistically (laughs) fantasy football is about enjoying the team and enjoying the players that you have. And if Justin Fields is one of them, you're going to have fun watching him rack up points, and he's an Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah, I think that's and fair. <laughs> he's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, most likely, and they're going to have some fun weapons. So I think it's actually... I mean, I'm a DJ Chark fan for sure, and he's going to make Chark look like a superstar. Yeah, yeah. It's, and like with the running, like James Robinson's been awesome there too. I think it's a fun pick. I think that offense is going to be a lot Watch a lot more ex- stupid and take like Max Borgie at number two. <laughs> right. I think it's going to be a much more explosive team than where Trevor Lawrence ends up with the with the Jets. Yeah, that's... especially if Gase is there. God. Oh man, if they actually retain him, that's going to be a mess. But I feel like Trevor Lawrence might be able to you know step above that mess. But we'll see. But Justin Fields, I think I mentioned this before, but I did take Justin Fields in a league earlier this year over. Trevor Lawrence and so that's not I don't think that should be crazy especially especially for fantasy football purposes I think for real football I think it might be a little bit more of a, a stretch in terms of the safety of the pick uh, and, and real NFL draft capital maybe uh, but I, I'm gonna go and say that your pick was probably more like 50% homer but <laughs> instead of 20 but uh, stay fine who do you got here pick number two yeah it's got to be Trevor Lawrence you know getting him at two just feels like a slam dunk Obviously, a lot of great players out there, but I think when, when you can lock up a quarterback that should have a really long, successful career um, in a super flex league, you, you got to do it when you can. And uh, Trevor Lawrence should be, you know, a franchise quarterback for 
uh, for the Jets, most likely. And uh, hopefully, like we said, or just before, like Gase is gone. And uh, I mean, the, the weapons there uh, aren't terrible. I mean, you've got some young young receivers like like Denzel, and uh, I, I think they could be could be good. Uh, he'll he'll need some help, but you know, it's a long haul. I'm I'm picking this early in the draft for a reason, so I'm gonna I'm gonna build out from the quarterback position. Nice. It's hard to really nitpick there, and we can, I mean we could talk about Trevor Lawrence for a second here, but he just he keeps getting better. Like and really outside of the IU game for Fields, both of these guys just keep getting better. Like I mean, they they might have a few moments where there's lapses in judgment, and they kind of force a ball just because they're so confident in their ability. And I think that might have happened a couple of times, especially in the IU game for for Fields. But they really have been getting more ridiculous every single week. I mean, with Fields going into that IU game, what was it? He had like fifty or sixty touchdowns to one interception total in games where he wasn't playing against Clemson. It was just an absurd, yeah. absurd clip he was on. And and then even Trevor Lawrence, I mean, his adjusted yards per pass attempts, like it's just getting better and better. So like from a film standpoint, he's incredible. But even by the numbers, any way you want to slice up his production profile, he's answered any remaining question that we could have had this year. So it's just bonkers. I don't think we may never again see two two quarterbacks that are just this, uh, just above in a way, just obvious one, two for every Superflex league ever again. Like, I don't think that there's any, there's just such a gap here. And and maybe Trey Lance or somebody else steps up and, and is better than one of these guys five years from now. But what we know now, like, there's just no competition. So I think those are probably the chalk picks in Superflex super leagues, two quarterback leagues. After, after here, you could go a few different directions, but I'm at my third pick here. I'm actually going to go with my namesake in Travis Etienne. I'm going to stick there because, uh, I mean, not only is his name Travis, he's actually really good at football, uh, as I am not really good at football. But uh, he has, you know, he's coming off, what, two consecutive seasons of at least 1,700 yards. This year, he's already got 1,200 more. And he, just like Field, just like Lawrence, continues to improve. He's not having the crazy, like, eight, nine yards per carry uh, seasons that uh, that we have seen before but he's getting better as a receiver like he's essentially been their running back or wide receiver too uh, this year for the team which is just incredible so he's the perfect feature back for the modern NFL I think he deserves top 15 NFL draft capital even though what, whatever people want to say with running backs don't matter Travis Etienne matters uh, what he what he brings to the table matters so what do you guys think about Travis Etienne being the third pick. Is that probably, does that feel consensus to you guys right now? Or are you on the same page or would you take someone else? I was hoping you wouldn't take him. If that, I mean, if, <laughs> okay, I guess there's, that there's the make answer. It, make it clear. I hope, was hoping he was going to be there for me. I thought, I think he is special. I think you don't get that kind of breakaway speed um, from most running backs. He has developed as a receiver. I'm I'm really curious what he's going to run. I'd like to see kind of that blazing speed. If he can run near a 4-4 or even potentially below a 4-4, all systems go. I think he's potentially special. Nice. What about you, Stefan? Yeah, I, you can't argue with the pick. I mean, I especially, you know, running backs are, are hard to find. He should be a difference maker. It would be hard for me to uh, skip over who Matt might take here, who, who, I, who I think we all have at wide receiver one, but... Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna skip over him, I guess uh, Etienne's the guy to Chris do it. With. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be the pick here coming up sooner than he probably should. But Travis Etienne, oh man, I, it's hard to fade him and what he brings to the table, especially in a class that 
you know, there's not really many other guys that are slam dunks at the position. Like a lot of people like Najee Harris. A lot of people did like Chuba Hubbard. There's a few up and coming names. But yeah, he seems like the obvious selection here. Already up to 40 catches on the year going into the weekend. This is, of course, we're recording before the first full weekend of college football in December. But man, he yeah. is, he's been lighting it up. So Matt. I think to that point too, uh, real quick, like last year, no one saw... Clyde Edwards Hilaire jumping up and being the first running back taken. I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think it's no. pretty certain that Etienne's going to be the number one running back. It's just a matter of where he lands. So I think it's a really safe pick. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a pick this early, the safety and upside is what you're looking for. And it kind of feels like the perfect combination. But Matt, who are you going to take? And please don't say that it is Chris, Chris Alave. It is not Chris Alave. It is my <laughs> actual wide receiver one in this class. Ooh, I'm actually still not sold that I'm going to do this. I'm torn between two guys. Travis is with me on who I'm considering this guy between. You going to do it? I can't pull the trigger. I can't pull the trigger. (laughs) It's still Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase averaged over 21 yards per reception last year. He, I believe, had over 1,700 yards receiving and 20 touchdowns. I I don't really see a path to this guy not being drafted inside the top, like, 12 picks. I actually think top 10 is probably the safe bet. He, he's a freak. They clocked him over the summer. He did a 40, ran it at 4-4. So that's the kind of speed you were kind of hoping to see from him because he's not like a, he's not, he doesn't need to be a speed guy, but the fact that he has speed adds insane value to him. So he is one of those guys that I think can be the, the anchor to a wide receiver core for years to come. And because of that, you, you kind of can't pass up on him, even though I really, really do like the other guy that I was considering. I'm curious to see if Stefan takes that guy that we'll get to, and I'm going to take if Stefan doesn't. But Jamar Chase, I mean, we kind of hinted at this before with some of the guys who opted out early, uh, or, or we thought they were going to opt out and stayed opt out, opted out. Some of them came back anyway. But with as much time as he's going to have with this entire year off to really perfect his craft and, and just get in perfect shape for the Underwear Olympics, I'm really curious to see just how fast just how agile just how bursty we could see a jamar chase i wonder in fact what he even weighs in at he if he's going to actually be a, a lot thicker than he was actually playing at because he hasn't played football since january so uh he will have had 15 16 months well i guess before the nfl draft a full 12 months 13 months to prepare for the combine so we could see some ridiculous things from chase i hope we do hope we just break some records that would be fun to go along with his incredible production profile but stefan any more thoughts on chase no i think y'all summed it up pretty well i think he's a really obvious pick here he's i mean i think he's all of our wide receiver one for for good reason and like you said, I'm not scared off by the fact that he didn't play this year. So No, I'm not either. I don't think NFL decision makers will be. But Stefan, who you got to pick five? So this one's going to surprise you all maybe because he's a guy that I wasn't very high on uh, compared to everyone else going into this season. But just watching him play, he's been so impressive to me. And that's Najee Harris uh, running back Alabama. Dude is balling out. Not only is he going to eclipse 1,000 yards for the second year in a row, he's also um, already got 24 receptions on the year. He's definitely going to... Uh, to have his the most in his career uh, for a season, he's averaging you know ten yards a carry, uh, ten yards of reception, six plus a carry, uh, beasting out. I I love the guy. He's got seventeen touchdowns already this season. Uh, Jay Harris to me is the type of guy you can just uh, expect to produce at a, a really high level um, in the NFL. Not quite as good as Travis Etienne, but I think he does 
give you the opportunity to to play him as a three down back. You don't have to take him off the field if you don't want to uh, because he can catch the ball. So Najee Harris for me has been super impressive. And uh, yeah, I, the only concern I have for him is just, you know, uh, four years at Alabama. That's that's a lot of college ball. But, you know, he didn't get a ton of carries early on in his career. So so hopefully he's still got some tread on those tires. Yeah, he's somebody who's had like the pedigree again since he was like 14 or 15 years old. Like he ended up being at the top of his class. Everyone knew, okay, this guy's a monster. He's crushing these kids. He's going to be a professional football player one day. And he's lived up to the hype. Like when somebody lives up to those ridiculous outlandish expectations, like when he just steps up to the plate and says, you know what? I'm going to drop five touchdowns this week just because I can't. Like, <laughs> like it's really hard to knock. Any guy, any guy that's doing that, uh, even if it is for Alabama, and even if he is, you know, playing behind a really good offensive line, uh, for sure. But I mean, Matt, I know that you know we we've both kind of talked about being higher on Travis Etienne, but is it pretty close for you between the two, Etienne and Harris? It's not really, actually. I, I and I really like Harris. I think Harris is doing everything I would have thought this year. Um, I think he entered the year as kind of the consensus number three running back. Uh, I, with kind of a tear gap between him and Chuba. I actually think right now there is ETN who I just, I, I, I think ETN is potentially special. And then for with Harris, he's sort of on his own, his own level for me. He, it's it, he's with how Hubbard has performed this year and how Harris has performed this year. I can't in, in good conscience take Hubbard over him. I think Harris has proven everything that we were questioning about him before that. And, like you said, the pedigree, I mean, number two overall player in the class of 2017, number one overall running back, obviously, when you're that high, it's just, it's bonkers. He's, the fact that he is going to, he will very likely be an early round draft pick. Yeah, he's he's going to be very, very good. And I think some team's going to be very happy with their selection of him. Yeah, absolutely. Can't really argue it there. Moving on to my pick, pick six here. I'm going to go with the guy that you almost took earlier uh, when you're thinking about uh, you know going away from Jamar Chase. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith staying at Alabama here uh, because Devontae Smith, he was my wide receiver too and has been for a while, but what he keeps on doing this year and just dominating week after week after week, teams know who they're going to throw the ball to, even more so now that Jalen Waddle's not there and he's still like, you know what, I don't care. I'm back better than literally everybody on this football field and it's not even close uh just dominating anybody that he plays and and now we get to see him do that not only for the next couple weeks uh, you know with the sec championship coming up you know he's going to be able to dominate even more in the college football playoff and that hype is going to get him catapulted into the top 10 overall picks in the nfl draft and, and I, I think that he's right up there in the same tier with Chase and because he's accounting for, you know, 40% of Alabama's receiving yards, uh, 50% of the touchdowns this year and has like almost four uh, yards per team pass attempt, which is, you know, 99th percentile. Like, I think there's not going to be any holes in his production profile and in from a film standpoint, nothing. The only thing that anyone will say is like, well, he's too skinny. And just, just stop. Like he's, <laughs> he's that dude. So I can't wait to see him dominate at the next level, getting him at pick six just feels amazing. This class is filling out a lot nicer than I think. Uh, uh, well, I, I was thinking a year ago, especially, especially given the weird year that it has been to see a class that that's still this good, chock full of guys that are all going to be just slam dunks. So to recap, first half of the first round, we have Justin Fields followed by Trevor Lawrence, and then I selected Travis Etienne 
and then it was Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. All uh, from really, I mean, it's funny. Like it's Ohio. Look at the look at the schools that we're talking about here. It's Ohio State, Clemson, Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Alabama. Like all these, uh, there's dominant, the best programs in the country. Not a surprise. But moving on to the back half of the first round, kicking things off here at the 1.07. Matt, who are you going to take? So you picked a guy that has absolutely no holes in his production profile. I'm going to take a guy that has a lot of question marks in his production profile, but I don't care because if there's a guy that I'm positive is going to uh, earn draft capital at the Underwear Olympics, it is Jalen Waddle. <laughs> he is going to be the star at uh, the Combine. And uh, and the one I guess the one other thing that I I, I really like about him is 19.1 car- uh, yards per reception for his career. The number I'm always kind of looking for when I'm looking for kind of that field stretching production is over 17 yards. It's a little bit arbitrary, but I know uh, I think it was Kevin Cole or Sean. I think it was Kevin Cole looked at it a few years ago, and that was kind of the number that separated who is the field stretching receiver versus who is the kind of volume type of guy and that for me is something potentially special and and the fact that i always mention kick returns and punt returns whenever a coach wants you on the field that much that they're just trying to get the ball in your hands as many plays as possible it means that even if your market share is a little bit lower even if you're not doing it they want you on the field because they know that you can break a play jalen waddle would have been my wide receiver too in this class had he not gotten injured I think actually at the time of his injury, he and Harris were, I mean, he and Smith were like neck and neck on yards and Smith had almost like double the number of targets on the year. I think he's potentially special. I think he's, uh, if we're talking about a guy who's going to be like the next Deshaun Jackson and how his, um, what he brings to a team and the type of fantasy upside he brings, it's Jalen Waddle for me. Question for you, Matt, were you fight me? No, 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 no. Uh, were you would you have taken Waddle ahead of Smith if they were both available? I'm guessing you still would have taken Waddle there, huh? No, I would have taken Smith. Oh, I you would have. Okay. He and I talked about we've, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, the more and more I keep diving into Smith's profile, he is absurd, and I I do love Jalen Waddle. I again, no ACL tear. I'm probably taking Jalen Waddle um, as high as 105. I would. I think I would take him above Najee Harris and uh, Smith with the ACL tear, I'm, I'm just a little bit worried because there, while I think he, if he is available to be at the combine, he would tear it up. I think it's only like 20% chance he shows up to the combine. So that's going to potentially affect his pro or his draft stock a little bit. And he may end up being a back half of this uh, first round. And that is not quite as desirable as Smith, who I think, I think there is a, Better than 25% chance Devonta Smith goes as the first wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm same page with you, man. Like it's just, I think had we seen Chase this year, I think we may have actually been disappointed because the offense has been kind of gross uh, with Chase. I think he made the right call, but because of what Devonta Smith has done, it's gonna be hard to just uh, avoid uh, the hype surrounding Devonta Smith for sure. But Safon, I I guess with with Waddle gone, with Devonta Smith gone, with with Jamar Chase gone, are you going to stay at the wide receiver position? What are you doing here at uh, pick number eight? Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked it that way because I'm not taking necessarily uh, the player that I think is going to produce at the like who's who's going to produce the most points 
Uh, I'm going to go a little bit, uh, I'm going to zig a little bit here or zag, whichever one is the <laughs> opposite one of what everyone else is doing. I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts, a tight end. Much. <laughs> <laughs> tight end um, from Florida. I, I have been so impressed. Like he only has 29 receptions, but he has 11 touchdowns. Uh, when you watch him play, he is just at a different level than anyone else on the field. And part of the reason I'm going tight end here is the, the cream of the crop, as far as like the running backs and the receivers that I really love that I think are a tier above everyone else. Like you guys are saying are already gone. And so this is the last guy that is at a a tier above anyone else for their position. So I'm going to go with the, the best tight end out there because I think I can fill the other holes on my roster with some of these other guys later on. Whereas I think Pitts might not be a slam dunk his rookie year. Cause it does take tight ends a little while to develop, but you're talking about a dynasty here, uh, a dynasty league where Pitts can, he can be a difference maker. He can be a guy like, like a Kelsey or a Kittle that is a, a plug and play and gives you an advantage over the other 12 teams or the other 11 teams in your, in your league. So uh, I'm going Kyle Pitts and I feel great about it. Nice. That's, that is kind of zigging while everybody else zags, especially, I mean, when you, you look at this past year's class of tight ends, you just, it just makes, makes you want to gag. It's absolutely gross. It was terrible. When, when Cole Komet is seriously the tight end one, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem. Like, it reminds me of... <laughs> yes. That, that's a problem. Like, it reminds me of that, that class where, what, it was like uh, Max Williams was the tight end one or something. Double X Max, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Double X Max was the tight end one. Like, it was a gross class. And so... When we've seen, when that's what we've just seen, it can be hard to, be, to pivot and go the other direction and go back, you know, like full 2017 mode and have like three tight end ones come out of the year. Like back then it was OJ Howard, David Ajoku, and Evan Ingram. And maybe those aren't, you know, they haven't met expectations. But Kyle Pitts, coming into this year, there was a trio of guys at the position we were pumped about at tight end. But he has stepped up two, three, four, five steps ahead of those guys that are already elite options at the position. I think Kyle Pitts could be a top 10 NFL draft pick at tight end. Like he is that kind of difference making talent. So Matt, I know I wanted to give you a second to just cry if you needed to, because you missed out on Pitts. but would you have, was that kind of a slam dunk pick for you? Similar tier? Absolutely. I would say Kyle Pitts is Evan Ingram's like what you saw from Evan Ingram in college, but with the athleticism, of like an Njoku, that's that's what I think we see from Kyle Pitts. He has the potential to be the guy on your roster that yeah. is a cheat code. The yeah. fact that you're playing a a dude that is unguardable by linebackers, but too big for every cornerback in the league, and you get to plug him in at the position where everyone is struggling. It's stupid. Um, if if you told me that Kyle Pitts ends up with Rob, Gronk- Rob Gronkowski type of production, not shocked at all. That's how I, I just think you're I think you got a guy there. He is he would have been if he made it to 110. I, I don't even let Travis finish saying the name of his 109 pick. I'm screaming <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Um, so it's I, I just I think he I think you got a guy there. I am disappointed he is not my on my group of players. Yeah, he just does everything well. I mean, he's he's not the, the perfect blocker yet necessarily, but he can be. He can play in line. He can play, play that big slot. He can be the X wide receiver. Uh, he can dominate any kind of defender that you put on him or multiple defenders, as he's demonstrated at, at certain points this year. So can't knock that pick at all. That Even at the eight slot, I think that might be too low once once we see his combine. like we, He might be just that, that guy that goes even higher by consensus when it's all said and done. 
But we're actually going to continue this draft on the other side. But first, a word from our sponsors. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. And there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73%, yes, 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, on total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or perhaps overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And this football season has been different, and so Pepsi's been here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we've been watching or how you're going to watch the rest of the season. If you're a Titans fan like me, you've been watching Derrick Henry kill it for four quarters, especially killing it in the fourth quarter. So you're going to need four quarters of energy from Pepsi. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and we're back here. Pick nine on the first eight picks. We had Justin Fields of Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, both quarterbacks there, running back, Travis Etienne of Clemson, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU, Najee Harris, running back, Alabama, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. I'm going to say Alabama one more time here. As I say, Jalen Waddle was the seventh pick, uh, wide receiver, Alabama, and Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. That's your first eight picks here. I am just going to probably surprise both of you guys because I think there's a name that you guys know that I like, but I am going to just go with the positional premium here and assume that this guy continues to rise throughout draft season because I think a lot of people are coming around on him and have been moving him up the boards and there's not really a safe running back three in this class right now, but I think once we see what he can do at the NFL Combine, we take a good look at what he's done at North Carolina. Uh, a lot of people are going to continue to move Javante Williams up the board and have him as the consensus running back three. If not, 
the running back two in this class when it's all said and done. I'm actually going to take Javante Williams, running back, North Carolina here. And uh, Matt's shaking his head, so I want to hear what he has to say here in a moment. But Javante Williams has really wowed this year, uh, but even before this year, was already outproducing another guy who's going to be drafted pretty early this year in Michael Carter. He added more yak after reception per target than any other running back last year. Has excellent contact balance, excellent vision, uh, has proven himself as a receiver and to be a big play threat and as the powerful goal line back for the team this, this year as well, having, you know, like close to like 20 touchdowns this year uh, for North Carolina. So Javante Williams, 5'10, 225 pounds, ran a 4'5 in high school. He's going to do so next spring as well. Uh, so I don't really have very many questions when I see a profile like Javante Williams, but Matt, why am I wrong? Because Rondale Moore is on the board. <laughs> hey, you know, I went to I, Purdue. I, I know that, that that's who you thought I was going to go with, but that's 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 why I'm wrong. It's not that I don't like Javante. I have Javante as my running back five in this class. I think he is awesome. I think his touchdown production is a little bit fluky. I think he and Carter, if you look at like what they're doing, they're similar levels of production based on usage rates. It's just... Javante Williams looks like the megastar because he's got 15 touchdowns to Michael Carter's four. I really like him. I think a team is going to fall in love with him. I think he will be drafted at the end of round three and taking him at the 109 will feel a lot more risky. That's fair. I just think given the void of talent at the position, he's going to be overdrafted not only in fantasy football, but in the real draft. I think what we just saw this past year, we saw five guys that were pretty much consensus, the the top five that everyone was excited about. And then teams got reachy in the NFL draft and in our drafts. Like they were taking even A.J. Dillon way before he should have gone. Like guys like Antonio Gibson, that that was a good pick now. Now we see that in hindsight, but had so many holes in his profile. It was bonkers. So I, I imagine there are going to be a handful of guys like Javante Williams that not only do we reach on them, but so does it in the NFL. And if I want an asset on my fantasy football roster that I think is going to produce right away, uh, I'm going to go with a running back more often than I do a wide receiver early on. Although we have seen some exceptions. Rondale Moore might get plugged in uh, right away, but I think that he's not um, if he's not in a good spot, not in the right team, uh, he might not, you know, blow us away with crazy year one production. Whereas if Devonte works into even a one A kind of role his first year, he has probably a safer value there for fantasy football purposes long term. So I think he can hit the hit the ground running. He's got feature back size. He's got feature back speed. He's got the receiving ability, and I I don't think that it's remotely close uh, with Michael Carter. I think. Uh, yes, they have similar yardage, but I think if you look at like what they're facing up front, uh, Javante Williams is having to destroy people more often than Michael Carter does because he doesn't. Because frankly, Michael Carter can't. Uh, so, so how did how did Javante do against Notre Dame's defense? Well, they basically just said, "Hey, we're not going to you know lose to you," and 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 they basically try to basically take it. If he was in the backfield, they they just stack the box, and that's that, that is what it is. They shut him down. And that's college football because North Carolina has been immensely disappointing this year. And basically every big spot, when they've gotten up to a point where we were just about to be excited about them again, they fail us. And that's just where they have been. And that's that's where college football is. And then and if you're going to get shut down by anybody, get shut down by the number two team in the country. Notre Dame shut down everybody 
uh, on defense this year, uh, with the exception of Clemson and you know future first round first overall pick DJ Uyunglele. Uh, and they, they still won that but game. But they did shut down Etienne in that game, too. They did shut point. down Etienne in yeah. that game. So I, I'm not going to knock Javante for you know not annihilating the number two team in the country. I'm going to knock him because earlier this year, I took the over in the UNC Florida State game, and he dropped the ball <laughs> on fourth down. That cost a lot. Oh, so yeah. He cannot oh, catch. Man. He is terrible, and he will live in my basement as, uh, I don't know, a troll or something like that. He will never be on my team. <laughs> Because of that, that lock. Oh upset. man! Well, I apologize. No, I, like, I like him a lot. I'm sending you guys a video of Rodney Moore squatting 600 pounds. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I saw it three years ago, man. I know, I know. I'm aware. It's Rondale Moore. <laughs> uh, speaking of Javante, do we get to use him this week in DFS against Western Carolina? <laughs> oh, man, that would be a smash spot if there ever was one. But, man, <laughs> but man, so I guess up, up at pick 10, Matt, Matt your, your pick here is pretty obvious because you've already said his name like four times. So let me continue just not caring about spoiling who's up next. And it's Rondale Moore because it's Rondale Moore because it's Rondale Moore. Coming into this year, there were – Two guys who we were all sitting here saying, oh, hey, it's it's Jamar Chase and then it's Rondell Moore and it's everyone else. And then he opted out and we were all like, all right, well, it's going to go Jamar Chase. Then it's going to go Rondell Moore. As long as Moore is healthy, he's great. Um, and then what has he done since he's gotten back on the field? He's been the only guy they throw at. They have another superstar wide receiver and they're not throwing to him because Rondell Moore is that freaking good. He had the freshman breakout that you always want. He was getting utilized pretty heavily as a sophomore before he ended up getting injured. And now he's back from that injury. And you think, well, maybe they'll ease him into it. I'm pretty sure he had 22 targets in his first game back. That is stupid. Rondell Moore is the guy who is every coach just says, you know what? That dude. We're giving it to that dude because that (laughs) dude is going to do something awesome. And you want to know what every NFL team is going to say? Oh, he's healthy? I want that dude. Yeah. I I can't knock you for the pick, man. It was it was only between these two. Like there was it was between Javante and Rondale for me. And I, I love Rondale Moore. Uh I had him ranked super high even coming into school. I I mean I, I got him super late in a super deep college to Kenton League, and I'm really glad I did because I never got him again because <laughs> everyone else uh got around that hype and was all about drafting Rondale Moore super high. I hope he gets first round draft capital and I hope he is taller than five foot seven. Uh, cause if, if he comes in and it's just like super short, I think there are going to be a lot of people that might not invest the draft capital in him. But won the Paul, Paul Hornung award his first year for being the most uh, versatile player in the entire nation. He is a baller. But, uh, Stefan, who you got at pick 11 here? Man, I, I was leaning. I don't know. This is a tough spot. Like Did I felt Rondale really good at ruining the pick for you. Did he make it like difficult? No, 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 no. The Rondale Moore. No, I just was like, okay, I'll just, I'll grab Chuba Hubbard and all will be well. And then I just was looking at his stats and his numbers for the year. And I know the offensive line is terrible at Oklahoma state and they've had uh, troubles with quarterbacks. And I know Hubbard himself is injured, but man, he's having such a down year. It's, it's h- tough to know if he's going to have a uh, decent enough draft capital uh, Do you want me to find spring game highlights from two years ago? Because I can probably find those really quickly. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so, so I'm leaning to to Hubbard, but then I'm also looking at some of these wide receivers that are still available, and there's some really, really dynamic players uh, still on the board. Uh, some an Ohio State guy that that it's just asking to be drafted right around now. <laughs> um, 
if I was actually in a league with you, Matt, and this was happening, I would totally take Lave here just to mess with you for some trade bait. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I probably will just go uh, with Chuba Hubbard right here and, and hope that he bounces back. Hope that this uh, this year is more about injuries to, to both himself as quarterback and then just the offensive line being terrible. And, and I mean, he was an elite guy. He was all like last time we talked, he was our number two running back. Like when we were on this, when we did the version one of this show, he was uh, running back two. So I'll stick with him. End of the first round. It's, uh, it's maybe a bit of a gamble, but I'll, I'll go Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I don't think I, I can knock it there. That's I think a running back that has a 2,000 yard season in his profile and. I mean, I, I think he's going to do well enough at the combine that you're going to see a at least day two capital. You're you're getting the right at this spot. You're not getting better than that. So yeah, I think the upside's there. I just I just feel like it could be a pretty devastating floor. I'm yeah. I'm I'm, ho- I'm hopeful. His numbers are really bad this year. I mean, he's only has eight receptions on the year. Uh, he's averaging less than five yards a carry. In the Big 12, that's like averaging two yards a carry anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is true, except for maybe like the maybe like uh, the Sun Belt or something like that. You know, maybe he could maybe he could have gone gone in this year and, and smashed there. But he really has not looked like the same player. Uh, but really, I mean, given our assessment from a year ago, maybe something's wrong with his health. I don't know what it is, but at pick 11, getting Chuba Hubbard, not bad at all. I'm, I'm actually going to go back to the quarterback well here at pick 12 because this is a super flex draft. Uh, I think most drafts you see the third quarterback go much earlier than this. And I think we might, depending on the landing landing spot for some of these guys, see uh, this guy go much higher uh, in, in drafts as well. But Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State, uh, he's got a weird profile in that he basically has one game this year uh, <laughs> a, against Central Arkansas State, which he was OK in. And then uh, 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions, zero interceptions in, in like a bajillion rushing yards the previous season. Uh, but it's against FCS competition. And still, he's probably going to be drafted as a top 10 overall pick, which is just crazy because it's almost unprecedented, maybe completely unprecedented to see like a one year starter at the F- F- FCS level with a full season. And he's apparently the guy now. So. But with that said, because of his upside, because of what he does as a rusher for fantasy football purposes, uh, he's pretty intriguing. If he's drafted anywhere where he's going to be the starter pretty early, I think his value is only going to go up. Uh, He might not have a perfect first year, but he doesn't have to to, for everyone to still get super excited about him. Like even this year, I think about Tua Tungavailoa, like everyone is still excited about Tua's value. And I think because he's a quarterback in super flex leagues, He's going to still go for a pretty high price in most most leagues. So I'm going to go with Trey Lance here. Uh, am I crazy or am I on track here at pick 12 going Trey Lance? As you'll see by my next pick, he's not who I would have taken in this spot. Uh, I, I really do like him a lot based on upside. I've told on our podcast where I mean, we're we are primarily a Debbie podcast. And what I've constantly been saying is that he is a guy that you need to hold on to hold on too tight until you get to the uh, draft because I do think his stock is going to potentially be that high. And if the landing spot isn't great, or if he is just getting that kind of like top 10 buzz, but no team is really linked to him. He's the type of guy that you just sell off because you can get a lot for him because he might be special. He might also be the type of guy that gets GM fired because (laughs) There is a ton of risk. He is basically a one-year starter at North Dakota State. This isn't the profile like 
I mean, Carson Wentz sucks now, but when Carson Wentz came out, we at least looked at it and said he has three very solid years. And then I think he jumped in like partially his freshman year. But you knew Carson Wentz was like, all right, you know what he is. I'm not positive we know what Trey Lance is. I think he has the potential to be a Robert Griffin who turns out to have moments of flat, like these flash moments where he's just unbelievable. But at the same time, I also think he could be Robert Griffin in year three and just bombing out of the league. So it's just, I really like Trey Lance. He wouldn't be my pick. And I'm really mad at you for picking him because you now just made my next pick more difficult. Okay. Well, you're welcome for that. And so that just to re <laughs> just to recap here, these, these past four picks, Javante Williams, who Matt hates me for, uh, because he thinks Rodnell Moore at the pick 10 was the right pick. Stefan got a value at Chua Hubbard pick 11. And then I went Trey Lance, North Dakota State. That wraps up the first round. Second round, we're going to be doing more of a lightning round, kind of flying through these picks, really just kind of selling these guys. I'm not going to critique everything Matt says. Uh, and Matt's hopefully not going to critique everything I say. Uh, and, and Stefan is just going to keep on getting values as Matt and I continue <laughs> to reach for these players that we like way too much and uh, probably shouldn't. But Matt, who are you going with the first pick of the second round? I hate you so much because you're making me test my like my flag players. I'm not taking my guy. I am taking Mac Jones because Mac Jones is my QB three. He is a I think he is the highest floor of all of the non Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence quarterbacks. He has a 13.4 adjusted yards per attempt last year when everyone was like criticizing him as this quarterback that was, oh, well, he's just not he's not good we're just tossing him in there he had an 11.7 adjusted yards per attempt with a touchdown uh to interception ratio of 14 to 3 everyone just remembers the one like bad pass against auburn and thinks that he was a bad quarterback no his receiving core this year yes it's probably better than 95 percent of colleges in the country but it's not what it was last year. No. And this year specifically, he lost Jalen Waddle, who might be the most dynamic. Yeah, might be the most dynamic wide receiver in all of college football. Lost him and continues to dominate and put up ridiculous numbers. Mac Jones to me looks like a surefire uh, early. I think he is the most likely to end up as a first round pick of the QB three debate. Okay. And, and it's funny because I think a lot of, I don't know if you call them real draft analysts or just uh, bigger industry analysts, a lot of them have a, a couple other guys up there above Mac Jones. But I think it's really hard to argue with what Mac Jones has done, like with a lesser group of wide receivers, like you mentioned. So, Stefan, I'm, I'm curious, between Trey Lance and Mac Jones, who would you choose if you had to for just the future? Um, I, would, I would probably go with Trey Lance, but with the idea – that I would probably sell him right after the combine when everyone was drooling over him. Yeah. And he was being talked about like similar to like when Daniel Jones all of a sudden got all this hype and it only takes one team to fall in love with him to go top six, you yeah. know, and I could see that with Trey Lance. So uh, I think he will have more value before he ever plays a snap in the NFL between these two guys. So I, I would like Trey Lance just so that I could flip him. I think it's impossible to know really which which way uh, to go with this because like you guys have pointed out so well, like Alabama is just crushing teams. Mac Jones is leading one of the best offenses we've seen um, yeah. you know, outside of LSD last year, but like, they're just insane. Like we talk about, like we joke about every week, like one of my locks of the week is I'll take Alabama 
I don't care how many points five billion. I'll, I'll lay the points with Bama because he's <laughs> he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lance, we haven't seen him play, you know, and so it's really hard. So like, if if I can move him, I want Trey Lance. If I have to keep him, I'd probably stick with Mac Jones. Fair enough. Well, moving on. Hey, no, I think that's that's a, that's a fair answer because I think uh, I mean I. I think it, when we're playing this fantasy football football game, we are trying to find value gaps and f- trying to take advantage and, and make trades that make our teams better. But for real football purposes, I think a lot of people might go Trey Lance also because of the upside. People just love to, that tantalizing athletic upside. But Mac Jones, 2.01. But Stefan, who are you going to go here with pick 14, second pick in the first or second pick in the second round? Yeah, so uh, this lightning round maybe isn't so lightning after all. But um, I, I'm going to go with a guy that I was kind of hesitant. Uh, I was maybe going to pick him instead of Chuba, and that's Rashad Bateman, uh, wide receiver from Minnesota. Dude's awesome. Uh, he he may not be like the the darling of the combine, you know, like he may not wow yeah. everyone athletically, but he is really solid. I mean, he put up uh, 60 for over 1,211 scores. He averaged over 20 yards of reception. Uh, I think he's a really really special wide receiver him opting out doesn't bother me any um i think minnesota's year was was pretty much done anyway and they may not play <laughs> they may not play another game regardless so his opt-out may have been uh, a, a moot point but uh, i like him a lot i think he's a really talented receiver uh he's like 6 2 uh 210 i think he's got a good frame i think he's going to be able to to be a really good uh value in fantasy as well as i think he's going to do do great for an nfl team so uh, i feel good about him i i, I like bateman a lot when we when he didn't initially opt out and it's like oh that's a huge bummer because one that kills Minnesota but two like he's just a really fun route, like route runner to watch just dominating playmaker and was accounting for like half the offense for Minnesota before he did opt out so really can't knock the pick there he's just been you know an incredible producer from day one immediately taking significant market share on on that offense as a true freshman and has continued dominating uh, since he's been there so. Really like the pick there, 2.02, second pick there to Stefan of the second round, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall, wide receiver, LSU. Uh, he had, you know, what, 13 touchdowns last year in a bad season <laughs> in 12 games. He was a little bit hobbled after the Vanderbilt game uh, last year and so was outproduced by Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson smashing it on Sundays now. Jamar Chase is the wide receiver one for this class. Terrace Marshall has had a really good year once again, even despite playing with a questionable quarterback play at times. He's definitely not playing with Joe Burrow anymore, but uh, still 10 touchdowns in seven games this year. So 23 touchdowns in his last 19 games. Absolutely just bonkers efficiency as, as a touchdown scoring machine. I think a lot of teams are going to like that. He's an alpha wide receiver. I think he's a top 50 NFL draft pick. I think he could sneak into the back end of day one in this class. I don't think it's a lock, but I think that that has, he has that potential. Uh, but uh, Matt, who's this, this pick's probably going to be a super surprise to both me and, and Stefan. Who are you going with at the 2.04? If you plant a flag in a player, if he becomes your guy, you stay with your guy. I, I, I say that somewhat in jest. He's got 32% market share of Ohio State's passing uh, game this year. It's Chris Olave. He's doing exactly what I thought he would do. He's the guy that they need on big plays. He's the guy they target when they need to make something surefire happen. There's nothing else to say. He's awesome. He he is a very, very good player. He's going to get probably round two capital in the NFL draft, and some team is going to be very happy to get him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't argue there. I mean, like last year, he had one of the highest touchdown percentages in the nation, one of the best catch rates at his depth of target in the nation. Uh, still doing great things. I think Garrett Wilson's actually better than him. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's going to be the wide receiver one for 2022, maybe. So Chris Olave, good pick there, 2.04. Stefan, who you got here at the fifth pick in the second round? So one of the reasons I went with uh, Kyle Pitts earlier was just because there are so many awesome receivers to choose from, and I'm going to go with another one, and that's Seth Williams from Auburn. Uh, dude's a freak, six foot three, two eleven. Dude can jump out of the gym. He is a beast in the red zone. Uh, when when Bo Nix is able to throw touchdown passes, I mean, <laughs> you got to have a good receiver out there <laughs> yeah, to make you, him look good. You got to be uh, pretty good. Oh man. That's awesome. So I, I like Seth Williams a lot. I'm I'm curious to see uh, what he does, but he he's a big physical guy. I don't know. Maybe maybe a, a Mike Evans comp is, is a bit high, but I think he's he's special. So I I like Seth um, a lot, and I'd be happy to take him here. Nice. I'm actually going to go back. You mentioned Kyle Pitts in the tight end position. I'm actually going to go back to. Pat Farmuth here, actually, because I think he is, you know, while they're we, heading into the year, we were excited about Pat Farmuth. We were excited about uh, Kyle Pitts. We were excited about Brevin Jordan, Miami. Pat Farmuth uh, for Penn State still looks like he might be a more complete package than Kyle Pitts, whereas the, the upside might not be as tantalizing because of the athleticism. I still think Pat Farmuth is a really good athlete. Uh, he's immediately right in college scored eight touchdowns in his first season uh, has produced when he's been healthy can block I think the NFL loves what he brings to the table people have you know called him you know and compared him to Gronkowski since early on because of his you know wearing number 87 dominating in the red zone he does so many things really really well so Pat Farmuth tied in Penn State another one who's uh his season is over now. In fact, I, I guess almost half the guys we're, we're talking about, their, their seasons have been over already. But uh, that, that's the sixth pick in the second round. Back to Matt. Who are you taking here? You know whose season isn't over? The guy that keeps getting at least 10-plus receptions every single week. That is Elijah Moore. He has been one of my guys since before last season when Ole Miss lost A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Demarcus Lodge. Yep, that other guy that no one really cared about. Um, (laughs) Elijah Moore immediately jumped in and became volume hog. And this year has been just a joy to watch. He has only one game this year where he does not have at least 10 receptions. He only has two games this year where he does not have at least 100 yards. He has 1,193 yards. He is a little bit of like a kind of get whatever receptions he can. He's not a field-stretching guy. He's averaging 13.9 yards per reception, but, but I, I'm in love with his production profile. The dude is just, he gets everything that Ole Miss's offense can like throw to him. And yeah, I, I'm all in on this guy. I don't care that he's five foot nine. Let's be real. He's probably like five foot six, but who cares? <laughs> no, he's, he's a difference maker, man. Like he's got what, like 12 touches a game so far or more than that. It's just insane. He is the entirety of a very good SEC offense so Elijah Moore can't knock it there love the pick Stefan going over to you 2.08 eighth pick in the second round who's your guy here so talking about field stretchers this one this player not only is he a field stretcher this might be a bit of a stretch to take him this early but uh but I love the dude Diami Brown University of North Carolina the dude is a freak uh love him he's Averaging 18.6 uh, yards reception last year, it was over 20. So he can make the big plays. 
Uh, he's become like, even though he's a field stretcher, he's actually like, he's got more receptions than Newsom. Like he, he's, he's not only getting the deep balls, he's getting lots of targets. He's getting lots of perceptions. He's really producing at a high level. I think he could be really, really special in the NFL if he's taken um, on a team that knows how to utilize him, uh, seeing him go to the Raiders would break my heart. Uh, but seeing him go to a team that actually knows how to how to use uh, a player with his talents would be super exciting. So I think Brown could be special. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. He's, he's somebody I've had ranked really highly for quite some time. Uh, I think just to start last year, I think it was the Clemson game. He really caught my attention and just continued to wow. And this year, he's he's shown he can absolutely take over games. Had what like a three touchdown performance already this year, and just hasn't disappointed. I think really even once when they even when the whole offense does, Diami Brown still is getting open. So really a huge fan of Diami Brown as well. Uh, hopefully Daz Newsom figure, figures his stuff out down the stretch as well because he's been kind of a disappointment there for uh, North Carolina. But I'm going to go with Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Guy that is basically whenever he's healthy, he's constantly in the Boletnikoff conversation for the, you know, the award for best receiver in college football. And he has been in that conversation for three years straight when he's been healthy. So obviously he has endured some injuries from times. Uh, he's, he missed a week uh, this year, but Still, I mean, he is a difference-making talent. 25 touchdowns, uh, career, and three really solid seasons. Uh, and just continually dominating as a, as a field stretcher and a yak guy uh, that can dominate underneath. Just an all-around skill set. I think he is the day-two pick this year. I don't think he's a round-one wide receiver, but I think he's uh, one of those guys that goes very early and is a high-volume potential guy that with incredible ball skills and one of the more impressive production profiles in this class. Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State, is my pick here. Ninth pick in the second round. And I am so glad that Matt has already written this guy's name on the show sheet for pick 10. Who are you going here at pick 10? So this is a guy that I actually really liked uh, last year, but his ranking really is kind of silly. Jermar Jefferson has been an absolute force since the Pac-12 returned. He's averaging over seven yards per carry. He's got seven touchdowns. He is only 10 yards short of his entire 2019 season for yardage. He has 675 yards in last year. Uh, He only had 685, but he's done it in four games compared to nine from last season. Last year was really just an outlier year where he was either dinged up or the team was just so atrocious that he was not able to produce as a freshman. You're talking about a guy who had over 200 carries over 1300 yards and over and over 10 touchdowns. And by the way, his receiving profile isn't that bad. He's got, he had 25 receptions in his freshman year, nine receptions last year. So that was the the weird one. And so far in this year, he's averaging at least two per game. I am a huge fan of this guy. If I were to, I mean, we are right now. He is the guy that is my running back four ahead of Javante right now. Yeah, Jamar Jefferson has been crazy dominant, like almost 200 yards from scrimmage per game through four games. He's leading all power five running backs in yards from scrimmage per game right now, even more so than Muhammad Ibrahim, who's seeing like 40 carries a game. Just besides Ibrahim, he seriously has like a 20, 23 yards from scrimmage lead on any other power five back in the entire nation. Like he's having the season that we expected Chuba Hubbard to have. And uh, so he's living up to, uh, you know, he's crushing any expectations really, but it's just crazy that he's, he had 1500 yards from scrimmage as, as a true freshman. And everyone's like, eh, I don't, I don't really like him. It just seems kind of crazy that that's, that's where we are. 
uh, but not to you know rub any salt in the wounds of uh, Stefan. But man, like, what, were you watching the whole game and just with Jamar taking over? And what were your thoughts? Like, we're like, we're... <laughs> dude, he like he broke and I forget if it was eighty two or eighty seven. It was right in that range yard run early on. And uh, I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a long, <laughs> long day. Uh, I don't know if Oregon, I don't know. I mean, their linebackers are are decent. So, like, yeah. seeing them take such bad angles on him makes me think that has a lot to do with him setting them up rather than them just being idiots. But he <laughs> he's just, he is special. And it was really frustrating watching him just, just he was just unstoppable, uh, even though you knew that he was their entire offense. Um, when Gebby is your quarterback and you're still able to to score points, you know you know you've got yeah, something special. Yeah, he is a difference making player. But this is that was Matt's last pick of the draft, the pick ten of round two. Stefan, who you got here? Pick eleven, round two. Oh, there's there's this is a tough one for me. I don't know. I want to go quarterback here because you know it is super flex, and I don't know which guy I like less is is more how I'm gonna put it. Uh, so I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I think that uh, some draft some draft heads fall in love with him. I'm gonna go with uh, oh I can't believe I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna Ooh. go with BYU quarterback, my boy Zach. He's not my boy, but I, I'm gonna go with him. I think he gets. Decent draft capital. I think he goes fairly early. I think he's a first round pick, and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, attach myself to him and, and hope that he uh, he figures out some some success. I, I was thinking maybe of, of going uh, you know Trask, but I I'm still a little bit nervous about how Trask's game will. Uh, I'm nervous about both of them. I looked at my rankings um, over on uh, Rotoviz to see who I had higher, and um, I, I went against what I had in there, so, so I don't know what I'm doing. I'm all over the place. Oh, man. Yeah, Zach Wilson has been somebody who's been getting some crazy hype here recently. I think we were talking about this before the show. Matt, you, you saw somebody's big board where Zach Wilson was the second overall pick. Uh, that's yeah, that's was, some that's crazy. crazy. That's some crazy yeah. buzz that doesn't really make any sense to me. But he, he has crushed. He's just crushed it. And now we get to see him play a primetime what college game day is actually going to go to what BYU coastal Carolina like that's <laughs> that's the showdown this week man I actually Ooh. am really excited to see like if they actually hang with each other or if there's just one team that's just obviously better that's going to be a fun game to to watch and really that that should be the best team that Zach Wilson plays this year so if he can still dominate I think his stock may continue to rise and he he is a dual threat more than he's given credit for so yeah, I, that was actually going to be my pick at pick 12 here. Had you not done that, Stefan. So kind of bitter about that, but uh, I, I'm going to go. Loving all my value plays today. There you go. Yeah. If we, Hey, I think you've won on value uh, alone. I think uh, Matt and I have been a little bit more on our, on our flag planting uh, <laughs> aspect of things. And I really am tempted to do, to do that here again, but I'm going to go with a guy who also might be a first round quarterback. I, we've talked about this before. It's unlikely, historically speaking, that there are six first round quarterbacks. But given that there's still a chance and given that the profiles of these six guys, we don't know how the NFL is going to value all these guys. Kyle Trask is still very much in the mix for uh, first round NFL draft capital. And we can talk about his arm strength or the lack thereof all we want. But we can also talk about his 34 passing touchdowns to just three interceptions uh, through eight ga- eight games, like not 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 like a full season, thirty four passing touchdowns for Florida in eight games, uh, and it, we'll see how he fares down the stretch and in, in the SEC championship against Alabama and 
if he has a good game against Alabama, I think there's going to be a lot of people putting him in that QB3 slot, even over Lance, even over Wilson, just because of what he's been able to do this year. So Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask, sixth quarterback off our board. Super rare to see this many taken this high, but I'm going to do it anyway and take him. There are a bunch of guys we didn't mention uh, on, on the show that probably deserve mentioning. If you want to add, add any of us and tell us we're all wrong for not taking them, please do. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, at Stay Fun, you can find him at Stay Fun Lico. And uh, Matt, you can find at Wispy the Kid if you want to tell us how wrong we are about any of our picks. But just to recap round two, we had Mac Jones, Alabama, going to Matt. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota, going to Stay Fun. I had Terrace Marshall, wide receiver, LSU. Matt took his dude and Chris Alave, wide receiver, Ohio State. Stefan with an, another great value pick in Seth Williams, wide receiver, Auburn. I went Pat Farmuth, tight end, Penn State. Uh, Matt went Elijah Moore, the guy who touches the ball about you know 50 times per game. Uh, Ole Miss there, wide receiver. Diami Brown went to Stefan, North Carolina. Then I took Tylen Wallace, wide receiver, Oklahoma State. Jamar Jefferson went to Matt, I think just to spite Stefan. Uh, and then Zach Wilson, to Stefan, quarterback, BYU, and then I took Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida. And there you have it. That's the 2021 NFL Draft Rookie Big Board 2.0. Be looking for more NFL Draft content here very, uh, very soon. But guys, anything else you guys want to plug besides uh, your own show or anything else you guys are excited about uh, what you're working on right now at, at uh, Rotoviz or anything like that? Yeah, just check out the podcast. We've been doing... We we started off a little slow with the with the picks. We do we do our locks, but we've got we've got fire as of late. So uh, that <laughs> drops Thursday um, on our show, and then Friday on the on the main feed at Rotoviz. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun for sure. And uh, if, if you're a betting degenerate like uh, like myself, then it's 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 a fun place to hang out. Awesome. Or if you hate Q freeze, <laughs> yeah. Or if you hate Q freeze, yes. Nice. Nice. Well, appreciate you guys again joining the show. Uh, this is the fourth time I've had both of you on uh, individually over the summer and a few times uh, since then. Just want to, you know, always just fun arguing with you guys on uh, prospects and, and talking about uh, the future of the NFL. Uh, you can check all of our work out at Rotoviz um, and on our various shows, the, the college football show on Rotoviz Radio, College to Canton on Rotoviz Radio. You can subscribe there or to the main feed. But uh, cannot believe still that we're like right on the cusp with the fantasy football playoffs and Christmas music is playing and it's already almost the end of the year. But uh, really, I just have had a blast. Uh, Listeners, all of you joining me this year and uh, just giving some great feedback, finding me on Twitter with some questions, telling me I'm wrong about some stuff. It's It's been a lot of fun, but I look forward to you all joining me soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. 